Welcome to the Navigating Cancer Together podcast. My name is Talaya Dindi. I am a 10-year cancer thriver, cancer doula, and owner of On the Other Side. I use my experience to help others get on the other side of cancer. This podcast is about sharing stories, resources, and information about all things related to cancer and wellness. I interview guests from all walks of life who are living with cancer, caregivers, and those who made it on the other side. Also, I talk with organizations, healthcare professionals, and experts in the health and wellness spaces who offer complimentary and integrative care. Join me. We are in this together. Hello and welcome to Navigating Cancer Together. My name is Talea Dindi. Today, our very special guest is David Miney. David Miney is a co-founder and co-author of Eating to Live. He is a cancer survivor, competitive road bike, bike cyclist, and dedicated pickleball athlete. David is also an experienced career entrepreneur, with a long list of successful launches under his belt. When he's not out winning athletic medals, holding motivational talks, or advising business boards, David dedicates his time to furthering the mission he and Carla are most passionate about, eating to live. Over the past two decades, David's work, books, and remarkable journey have inspired thousands of people to transform their health in the same way. I am so happy to have you with us today, David. Thank you and welcome. It's so awesome to be with you today. Thank you. And so David, I am so excited for the audience to learn more about your story and eating to live. So if you don't mind, please, you know, share a little bit about your cancer journey. Well, it's so interesting. You know, I've always tried to be fairly healthy, but I was a pretty much sickly kid since I was a teenager. Um, had lots of times where I'd be in so much pain in my stomach that I would be in the fetal position in so much pain. And so in my 20s, I got diagnosed with colitis. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that. In my 30s, they then changed my diagnosis to Crohn's. And so I just had lots of digestion issues, lots of gas, you know, just indigestion. I was taking lots of things like, you know, Rolaids, Tums, Pepto-Bismol, you know, and just didn't give it much thought. And so then I started having back issues in 2014. I had my first back surgery in October. Uh, they took out uh they put in all this hardware because they fused my s1 l5 l4 and the only reason i'm telling you that is in january of 2015 so two months after my surgery i had a symptom that i've never had before and i didn't understand it, and i had bleeding in my urine and it just happened for a day and i chalked it up to my back surgery then again in February, I had another day of that. Well, because I'm a man, you know, I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell my wife. I just thought, oh, you know, I'll just deal with this. It's no big deal. Same thing happened in March. And then in April, I had three days of solid bleeding. 
every time I would go to the bathroom. So I finally told my wife about it and she was like, oh my gosh, you got to get to the doctor's office and see what this is. And I said, okay. So I went down to the Instacare and met with the doctor. Doctor said, we're going to do a test. The good news would be is if there's an infection. The bad news is there's not an infection. We've got to send you on to a urologist. So I we did the sample, did the test. He came back, he said, bad news. You got to get right in, see a urologist. So I went and saw a urologist a couple days later and they do a cystoscopy where they go in through the urethra up into the bladder with a camera and tools. And they got in there and they found three good sized tumors where uh, cancer tumors were embedded in the bladder wall. And fortunately, um, it hadn't gone through the bladder wall. When it goes through the bladder wall, it's called transitional cancer. Mine, even though they were embedded in the wall, they hadn't gone through. So they were able to remove those three tumors. And I thought, okay, I'm good to go. You know, I had to have a, a catheter that went on for, you know, several weeks and I started healing. Well, then I had a follow-up. So every three months, you've got to go in. Three months later, everything's good. At six months later, in December, snowy day, you know, I'm happy. My wife's at home babysitting one of the grandchildren. I go in, they find 14 more tumors. Oh. So in six months, you know, I've gone from three to none, 14 more tumors. Now I'm at 17 tumors. And the doctor says, you know, based on this, you might want to seriously consider doing chemo which is something that I did not want to do. I was mm -hmm. just, I don't want to do chemo because of all the stories. And I had a friend's dad that just had died from bladder mm -hmm. cancer. And so it was just a really difficult thing. And so I started looking at some kind of holistic or some ways that I could perhaps, you know, stop the cancer from coming back. And so I started on a, a doctor, I uh, had a, a juicing program where you you juice 108 ounces basically a day for the antioxidants. So I started on this juicing diet right after the first surgery, and I actually ended up doing it for two years. But that was the very thing that was making my cancer worse oh. that I found out. Yeah. So then... We, we get into, you know, we're into uh, 2016 and once again, I got cancer. It came back, four more tumors. I didn't have a choice now. They said they were going to have to take my bladder. Or I was going to have to do chemo and not only chemo, but they wanted to do two rounds of chemo. And uh, so I went through that. And so it was just a horrific experience because you don't know, am I going to be like my friend and it's going to go through the bladder wall into the body and and basically if it does you're known as the walking dead because there's yeah. not a cure mm -hmm. wow that's that's very i can just only imagine the level of stress that you must have had because like you said you got the diagnosis and then you were you didn't have any signs or symptoms or anything basically right. ned and then all of a sudden you have 14 more tumors yes wow 
Wow. And that third surgery was, uh, they, and luckily the, you're all, I got put onto an oncologist, urologist that had very specialized equipment. So what they did is when I went in, they put this chemical in my bladder. I had to wait an hour. Then I went into surgery and they put in this probe in the bladder that is kind of a fluorescent light is the best explanation. And what it does is it will take any, even the tiniest minute tumor and it uh, uh, turns it like a purple pink. Mm -hmm. And so the doctor, when he went in, could see with his eye two tumors, but he couldn't see two more. So had I not done that procedure, he would have removed the two tumors. Then when I went back in three months, those other two tumors would have shown up. Mm -hmm. And so because of that specialized equipment, he just said, you know, do the chemo, which is honestly is the hardest thing I've ever done. Mm -hmm. First it's off, tough. they're putting tuberculosis in my bladder, right? So they're doing immunotherapy. Okay. So they're putting tuberculosis every week. So you go in, they put the tuberculosis in, then I have to go home and I have to lay on my stomach for a half hour, then my back, then my side, then my, you know, front to get that all over. And then I have to have my own toilet because if anybody mm -hmm. gets near it or gets it on them, they could get tuberculosis. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, what am I doing? Why am I put this? Mm -hmm. And those, uh, it was 18 weeks. So six weeks, six week break, six more weeks. Every week I'd tell my wife, I cannot go back in because I was in so much pain, so much bleeding. That they're just really aggravating. Trying the 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 tuberculosis its job is to get the body's immune system to fight the cancer. Okay. Wow. And it gets more aggressive, gets worse and worse. And the doctor told me on the second round, most people don't finish one round. So here I am in a second round, and he, you know, and I keep telling my wife every week, I can't do it again. I just because it just knocks me out for a week, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I remember getting to that very last, you know, last two weeks, I said, I'm done. I can't go. But then I'd get, so it'd be Wednesday. And by the next Tuesday night, I thought maybe I'm going to finish. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it right. And I finished those last two and, and here I am, you know, yeah. all these years. So it's been four years and I'm still in remission. Wonderful. I'm so happy but, for you. Thank you. Yes. And you went through so much and um, you, you just never know what you're going to go through when you hear those words. Yes. And I just, I just can't imagine, you know, um, my treatment was not as brutal as yours. Um, and I just can't imagine, you know, even when you said they put tuberculosis in you, I'm thinking, what? <laughs> what? Yeah. What? But yeah, that's, that helped you though. What kind of cancer did you struggle with? Yes, I had Hodgkin's lymphoma. And oh, wow. um, yeah, I did the six months of chemo and a month of radiation. Um, and they both were equally terrible, I think. Yes. <laughs> you know, but I, like I said, I'm, I'm so glad that you're doing much better. And uh, that's, I'm sorry you had to go through that really. So um, let me share with you why I'm in remission, I believe. Yes. Mm -hmm. Can I do that? Absolutely. So going through that experience, I began to realize that I had a compromised immune system. 
And I, but I didn't know why it was compromised. Mm -hmm. And luckily in 2018, you know, I had had, I finished my chemo in 2017 and 2018, um, early spring, I ran into a doctor and I was having problems with my knee and I needed to have stem cell, uh, done. Have you heard of stem cells? Yes. Mm -hmm. So I was doing stem cell therapy. And when the doctor looked at my history and looked at what drugs I was taking, because at that time I was on 10 different drugs that I had been taking since 1999, because I had neuropathy in my feet or severe arthritis, my back issues, my, you know, my digestive issues. And so they just kept, the doctors just kept adding on medications. And so here I am, 2018, 10, medica 10 different medications, five are from prescription from doctors and five of them were over the counter. And the doctor said, well, for you to do the stem cell surgery procedure, you have to stop taking NSAIDs. And I'm like, mm -hmm. what do you mean? And what are those? And he says, those are non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. And I said, well, what are those? And he said, Advil, ibuprofen, Aleve. Well, because I'm an amateur athlete and have, you know, done triathlons and I've done all these sports all my life, you know, I was taking anywhere from 800 to 2,400 a day. Oh, and yes. the doctors had prescribed naproxen before it became an over the counter. So I'm taking all these things. And he said that you've got to stop taking that or the stem cells, uh, it'll destroy the stem cells. They won't be able to do their job. And those are kind of the basis and essence of our body and building all the different things in our body. And so I had to make a really hard decision. Do I, do I do the stem cells or, or can, and get my knee better? Or do I suffer with all the other chronic pain that I had? So I finally made the decision. I, I had to be off in 30 days, which mm -hmm. I did had the procedure a month later when we had the follow-up, I said to him, okay, you told me five months from the time I started till um, I could start taking NSAIDs again. And he said, David, I recommend you never take NSAIDs again. Mm -hmm. But he gave me no advice, no how to do it, why, really, whatever. And then in July, I'm here, I am depressed. I'm in all this pain, you know, still waiting for my knee to heal. And I ran into another doctor who has a restorative uh, medicine practice. And he said the same thing. He said, never take NSAIDs. But what he helped me learn was that I had a leaky gut. Yes. You know mm -hmm. what a leaky gut is? I do. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. And so when I started doing the research and started learning about this leaky gut, I eventually found out that I had 30 food sensitivities that were going through my small intestine, getting into my bloodstream. My immune system was attacking these foreign substances that weren't supposed to be in the bloodstream. And so I just had all this. And then I was taking the NSAIDs and other drugs to fight the inflammation, which is gets you in this vicious circle. Mm -hmm. And so ultimately, I found out that sugar, mm -hmm. which is what that diet I was on, I was doing all that juicing every day. Yes, I was consuming all that fructose. Mm -hmm. Cancer loves sugar. Yes, absolutely. Gluten is full, which you make breads and pastas is full of gluten and sugar. 
And so I have a gluten intolerance. I had some dairy intolerances. So, you know, things like salmon, I was eating salmon three times a week because, you know, you get the mega threes and you're healthy. Well, I had a food sensitivity and that was going into my bloodstream through my small intestine because I was had had compromised and I had these junctions that opened up in the villa and the small intestine was getting through. And so all of these sicknesses and illnesses and everything I was dealing with was because of this leaky gut. And when we started healing my leaky gut, I remember in October of 2018, so this is three, four months after working with the two doctors, my pain level, now this is with serious drugs I was on, Mm -hmm. dropped from an eight to 10 every day down to a four. It was October 18th, 2018. I still remember that. Well, here's the most amazing thing. Here we are, you and I are talking. Mm -hmm. I'm in remission with my cancer. Mm Because what we've done with nutrition, what we've learned with nutrition, and we wrote this book, Eating to Live, Unlocking the Leaky Gut Code, I'm off of all medications. I take no Mm. medications at all, no over-the-counter, no prescriptions from doctors. I, my body's right-sized. I've gone from like 210, I'm down to 177 pounds. So I weigh what I weighed in high school and Mm. I wasn't trying to lose weight. But what's just interesting is all my chronic pain's gone. Mm-hmm. My brain fog's gone. So now my cancer's in remission. My neuropathy's in remission. My arth- arthritis is in remission. It's I'm a walking miracle. Wow, that's wonderful. And, and before we talk more about that, I want to kind of go back to the sugar and why you believe it completely demolishes one's health. So I actually ended up writing a paper. This will blow you away. So I wrote, because of everything I started learning about sugar and I started researching sugar and finding out what it was doing to my body, I came across the National Nursing Association and they did a study on sugar. In 2010, the average American consumed 130 pounds of sugar a year. Oh my goodness. 1805, year 1805, the average American only consumed five pounds of sugar. And most of that was fructose Mm -hmm. because back then there wasn't that much granulated sugar and there wasn't all the processed foods that we have today. Well, here we are in 2022, 12 years later, and that number has even gone up more dramatically. And sugar causes so much inflammation in the body it's unbelievable the research and the studies that have come out on sugar and that's why i told you when we first started cancer loves sugar mm-hmm. think about the obesity that we have and what it's causing with diabetes and diabetic neuropathy and heart disease and it's a lot of it comes back down to the amount of sugar we're eating in our foods. Yes, I agree with you. I know there's been a lot of discussion around that. Some people say, no, that's not true. And some people say that it, that it is true. I'm a believer that it does play a part. So based on what I've learned so far and studied, how could it not? (laughs) So I, I totally agree. And I've done a ton of research and I follow a lot of doctors that know their stuff. And this sugar issue is for real. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. And it's getting worse with all with our food supply and all the processed yep. foods. 
And you really can't avoid it almost because it's in everything now. Yep. And so you really have to get into the practice of reading those labels. And um, I know it might sound tedious, but trying to keep track of how much you consume. Did you know the food companies get to hide sugar in those labels? Do you know that you and I as a consumer don't know how much sugar is truly in the label? Can I just share with your audience sure, how they can please. learn that? Please do. So when you're going down through the label and you're seeing the protein and you're seeing the different things that are in those fact, you know, those nutritional fact panels, what's interesting is when you get down to sugar, they'll show sugar, they'll show alcohol sugar. Yes. The thing that we didn't, I didn't know until I started working with the doctors is that's the added sugar. That's not the sugar that's really in the serving. So what you have to do is you have to go back up to carbohydrates. So the carbohydrates, you look at it, let me just give you an example on one of the foods. So one of the foods that I really liked had six grams of sugar. Well, the doctor says to me, that's added sugar. He says, that's not all the sugar. And I go, really? So I go up, he says, go to the carbs. I looked at the carbs, there was 30 grams of carbs. Oh, wow. So then what you do, he said, look at the fiber. So the fiber on this particular product was one gram. So you take the 30 grams minus the one gram, and that gives you 29. Then what you do to find the teaspoons of sugar, you divide that by four. So in that particular product for one serving was 7.2 whatever grams or teaspoons of sugar that you add to the five grams of added sugar. So I'm consuming 13 grams and the food companies don't have to show the sugar that's in the carbohydrates in that sugar number. Oh my goodness. That's why we don't understand how much sugar we're consuming in these processed foods because the labels are not accurate. They get to hide that sugar. That's terrible. And, you know, it makes you wonder how, how they're able to get around that. We know that, you know, it's about money, right? <laughs> but it's like, how are they able to, you know, be that deceptive? They, they are, because if we knew how much sugar and, and you look at the, the plague that we have in, in our country, in the United States with, uh, you know, obesity, heart disease, diabetes, it's because of all the sugar. I, uh, let me give you an example. So I coach people with our company. So we're just changing the name of our company. We were eating to live. We're now changing our company to uh, more than healthy because there's so much more to health than just eating, right? You know, sleep's a foundation, eating's a pillar, drinking more water's a pillar, right? Taking incense is a pillar. You know, there's all these pillars. But, you know, one of the things that's just been so fascinating as we've been making this transition to, uh, more, more than healthy is that people just don't understand that it's, it's all about profit. There is a new... A position in these food companies and it's called chief craving officer or director of craving so what they do with their products they have multi-million dollar equipment where they hook up individuals who eat consume these processed foods 
And then they get to watch and make sure that that's going to the addiction center of the brain, the craving center. Now, I'll give you an example. So I coach women who are trying to get healthy. And so when I look at what their calorie intake is, because they never count their sodas, they never count the, their drinks, they just count the, like the foods that they're eating. I have women before they take one bite of food that are consuming 2,500 calories because they're doing five 44 ounce drinks and they've got 500 grams of sugar. That's just in their beverages before they even eat anything. Wow. And that's why we have, you know, so much sickness and, and, and weight issues in our society right now. Yeah. And you know, all of that sugar that throws off your hormones and everything. It does. So yes. And how are you helping women and other people that you um, serve, how are you helping them with the, um, with your program eating to live? So what we did is we wrote a book and published it in September, uh, eating to live unlocking the leaky gut code. And so it's my health journey. And while I was writing the book, it's, I started actually during COVID March of 2020, we were, uh, sheltered in place for like six weeks and we did, you know, and I was bored and, you know, we were, you know, we, we've done a lot of health and nutrition companies. And so I started writing this book. And so my wife went back to school and she became a certified functional nutrition counselor. Okay. And so between me writing the book and her getting her education, we really started coming up with this concept of we help individuals become scientists and their body is the lab experiment. So we created an app where people could track what they're eating, what their pain was and their bowel movements and exercise. And from that, they could begin to realize what foods might be causing a leaky gut, right? And so between the app, you can, you know, do a paper journal or you can do our app. And so we created on our website, if you go to morethanhealthy.com, if you go there, we, we have a program where people, it's really inexpensive. It's $19.99 for level one, but basically we give them a meal plan. We take and they follow it and we take a whole bunch of foods out. And then what we do is, is then we add things back in and over three days, they're logging the food that they've put back in their diet. If there's any pain, bloating, gas, whatever. And if their bowel movement has not, have you ever heard of the Bristol stool chart? I have not. So there are seven different uh, poop types and you're supposed to be a four. And if you're a one, you've got uh, diarrhea. If you're a seven, you've got con- you're constipated. And so, like for me, all my life, I had a bowel movement every three or four days. I mm-hmm. thought that was normal. You're supposed to have a bowel movement every day, and if you're really healthy, you have a bowel movement every meal, right? Just like a newborn baby. You know, how often does a newborn baby <laughs> poop? Right? Mm-hmm. They're pooping after every time you feed them. <laughs> right. So. But anyway, we what we did is we created a way for people to to so what we're trying to do is coach individuals so that they can 
have optimal health. Like my wife and I, our whole thing is we want to live longer with optimal health. We don't want to grow older and accept arthritis, except, you know, I was pre-diabetic. I had some heart, you know, heart disease issues, you know, because of, because I was raised on sugar. I am a sugarholic. Yeah. That's the way I was raised. Mm-hmm. Right. And now I eat very little sugar and I have this amazing health now. And my food sensitivities, I was at 30. The last time I did my work, I was down to 16. And I'm hoping when I do my work again, that'll even go down more because I've been healing my gut. That lining on the small intestine is growing back, right? And is getting healthy. And so there's just so many great things. And so we're just trying to educate and help people, you know, be able to take, be their own advocate, be their own scientist, and they can uh, create their own optimal health. That is wonderful. And please tell um, the audience the name of the app. Is it uh, the currently? If you go to iPhone, it's uh, Eating to Live. It's okay. getting ready to switch to more than healthy. healthy. Gotcha. So okay. we're switching everything to, uh, to this uh, new company name because we just feel it fits more on everything that we're trying to do. Because it's not just about eating. Because if you don't get a good night's sleep and you're not doing that right, it you, doesn't matter how you eat, you're gonna, you're going to be sick and you're yes. not going to function correctly. And you're, did you know that when you sleep, I'll just share this one little thing. Your brain does not have a lymph node system like the rest of your body does. Mm-hmm. So when you get your healthy seven to eight hours of sleep a night, the brain actually shrinks. Mm-hmm. And those toxins move out down into your lymphoid system. So, but if you're not getting good night's sleep, then your brain stays swollen and it can't move the toxins out. And because of all the sugar that we're eating, we have all this inflammation in our body. So mm-hmm. the brain isn't shrinking. And so we can't have good brain health if we don't get a great night's sleep. But then on top of that, we've got to cut the sugar out. It's why, you know, people... The research is coming out finally, but we wonder why all these kids have behavior disorders, right? And it's because of all the sugar and all the processed foods that they're getting fed. And it's funny when you, it's not funny, it's, this is really serious, but when you get kids sleeping right, eating right, and you get the sugar out of their diets, their behavior completely changes to the positive. I believe that. Yes. Because, you know, sugar, it hypes you up. It, yep. And then you drop. Yep. And so that cycle, that's not good for anyone, even nope. adults. Mm-hmm. Nope. Yep, you're exactly yeah. correct. It, there's just so much behind this that, you know, they don't teach us when we go to the doctor and things like that. And, you know, having people like you and your wife to help educate us is so important. Um, because like you said, you want to live a long life, but you want to live an optimal, healthy life as well. Yes. And so, David, I want to talk to you a little bit more about Carla, um, your amazing wife. You mentioned that she helped you through your cancer diagnosis and some other major illnesses. And you guys have formed this amazing company together. Please share with the audience and myself as well. You seem to have been very comfortable reaching out for help and support. Why do you think a lot of men are hesitant to get that emotional support from their their family, friends, or even 
you know, a practitioner or something like that? Well, you know, from my example of the bleeding, right, that I, you know, I didn't tell my wife in January. I didn't tell her in February. I didn't tell her in March. I actually filled up a quart jar blood full of bloody urine and put it on the counter. And when she walked in, I said, is this, do you think this is a problem? You know, and she's like, oh my gosh, you know, and right. uh, because I, you know, I don't know. I think some of it is pride. Some of it is, you know, I, you know, I can figure this out, right. Or I can deal with this. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, when I finally showed my wife, if it wasn't for her saying, Dave, you get to the doctor right now, yeah. we wouldn't have found that because what if I'd gone another month or two months and that cancer had gone through the bladder wall, you and I wouldn't be talking today. That's right. And I think, you know, one of the things I'm doing right now is I'm actually um, going into a, uh, to get certified as a coach. Mm-hmm. And my wife and I really want to go to this coaching model where a lot of times, you know, we don't really understand if there's consequences. I'm talking as a man. We have these consequences, right? But there's a thought that proceeds and we have the feeling and then we have an action that we take in the result. And so a lot of times we don't reach out to get help because we don't want to feel like I can't handle this right? Mm-hmm. Or I'm not smart enough or, uh, you know, and so we try to deal with it. And the thing is, is if we would just tell someone and not make a judgment, not, you know, a lot of times we try to, we think, oh, if I tell this person, if I tell my wife or I tell my girlfriend or I tell somebody in my family, you know, or a partner or whatever, that they're going to think I'm weak. Exactly. They're going to think that, you know, that I'm not, this big tough guy that I am. But the thing is, is anytime we share and we don't judge, right? That's what I try to teach. Don't judge and think that you know how they're gonna respond or what they think. And what you do is you just share how you're feeling and then let them respond. Mm-hmm. And then the way that they respond, then you look at, okay, now how does that make me feel the way that they respond? But the key is a lot of times people will say, well, have you considered this? Or God, I'm so sorry to hear that. I don't know what to do, but I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Which makes you now feel like you're not alone. And maybe the two of you together now can come up with a way to get a solution or a way to do whatever. And sometimes with our health, we, put things off when it's too late. Mm-hmm. I have 18 grandkids, wow. right? And my, let me share with you one of the biggest things I teach that kind of goes along with what you're talking about is I help people really spend time on their why. Mm-hmm. Important. Right. You have to really have a solid why. So for my wife and I, my why I'm sorry. The reason my health is so critical is that I want to celebrate my 50th anniversary with my wife. Mm -hmm. And I want to be cognizant. I want to know who she is. I want to be, we love to dance. I want to get down on the dance floor with her. And so that's my why. That's why I, 
have learned and studied so much about health. That's why we're helping people. I want to be there for my wife, my children, our children, our grandchildren. We just had our first great grandchild. And I want to be that grandpa that's healthy, vibrant, engaged, you know, that do stuff with them. And I don't want to be old and sickly and not and not know who they are. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? And so I have a Absolutely. really powerful, strong why. And so all I can share with men out there is, you know, life is about sharing. It's about mm-hmm. loving. It's about being with others. And you can't do that if you don't share how you're feeling and and be vulnerable. And when you're vulnerable, you get help. That's right. That's so true. And, you know, it is hard to take that first step, even even for women. But when you do, it just opens up so, so many more doors to, to get the help and support that you need. So thank you so much, David, for sharing that very important message. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Now, we've talked about optimal health and living an optimal life. David, please share with the audience how we can do that. How can we start today? So we are, my wife and I started on the first week in January, we decided to do a full year of resolutions. Mm -hmm. And with a full year of resolutions, we're doing a live social media that goes out to our Instagram, you know, or LinkedIn, Facebook, it's, you know, going out to everything. And what we're doing is we're giving a tip every week. So the thing that we are trying to get people to understand is the reason I'm where I'm at, you know, four years later, right? Five years later, since the cancer scare is that I've taken all these small steps, Mm -hmm. right? A small step like we did week two was drink more water. And so we just wanted to educate people on water and how much to drink and why and what it does to the system. Week three, we did on sleep. Um, So, and you know, this next week's gonna be on a a really healthy smoothie, dairy-free, gluten-free, plant-based or whatever. And we do these, and so we're gonna do 52 of these. And hopefully as people follow us, like we had one person immediately say, you know what, I, I'm drinking 64 hour, 64 ounces of water a day, and I'm noticing I've got more energy. I mean, it was just interesting hearing, you know, what she was experiencing. And so, you know, we just want to help, if we can, tens of thousands of people take small steps to either prevent serious health issues, right, or fix serious health issues. And you and it's, you know, it can be just taking something out of your diet. Like in my case, I stopped eating the salmon, right? When I knew mm-hmm. that salmon was causing inflammation in my body, um, bread, I, I, I don't eat any bread at all. And so we'll do a segment on gluten and why there's no nutrition value anymore in wheat because they've modified it so much. And then all the, sh- you know, the sugar they have to put in to create the donut or create the pastry or create the bread that's causing these insulin spikes in our body. And so we hope that we'll just be able to over this year, educate people on how they can take a small step. And so, you know, like this lady, if she got, you know, if she gets in the habit of just drinking 64 ounces or a little more water a day, just think of the impact that's going to make on her health going forward. That's right. 
right? And then she right. here's another thing that we promote and she goes, oh, I'm going to stop doing this. Mm -hmm. And then that just keeps adding on. And what we're doing is we're trying to help individuals achieve optimal health. I love that. And, you know, it's starting small and not yes. trying to make this big, massive change at once because that's where people get overwhelmed. And so I like how you're starting small with people and each week it's something else. It's something else. Yep. And before you know it, you know, they've kind of, they have changed the way that they eat and even probably think about food. Yes. It's so true. Mm -hmm. One thing I want to ask you, David, is where are you finding quality foods? You know, do you go to like the whole food stores and things like that? Um, where are you finding these things? Because for a lot of people, um, especially now, cost is an issue. Yes, it to, is. And and it costs to get that quality food. It does. And I think, you know, when we talk with people, we try to get them to understand is there a way for you to change your budget so you can afford the organic food or can you, you know, do you know, do you have things in your home you don't use anymore? You can sell, right. Or do you, you know, can you, you know, how can you increase your pay or, you know, there's, if, if we get really creative, we can figure out how to generate some revenue. And then when you go to the grocery store, you know, we look for organic, right because we're trying to get you know we don't want the pesticides we don't want the you know the drugs and the enhancements and stuff and so you know we always look for values and bargains for organic you know we don't do the processed foods you know like um you know when we eat chips just to give you an example we found a brand called siete and their chips are uh organic so they're made out of cassava flour which is a root Mm -hmm. and so it doesn't affect your health it's using avocado oil so it's the healthy oils and so everything that we cook we cook either with coconut milk coconut water we use uh, olive oil uh coconut oil um avocado oil and so we use you know, you know, that's a place that people can do is just go buy some really healthy oils, mm -hmm. right? Don't do the canola oil. Don't do the, those different types of oils that aren't healthy and they're pretty flavorful. So you can make a change in your oils that you do on our website. If they go to eating to live.com, it's still there. We haven't pointed it or if they go uh, more than healthy. My wife has created 108 recipes. Mm, okay. And all these recipes are sugar-free, gluten-free, sugar-free, and they're amazing. We, I mean, we eat so well. And the thing is, is we've just stopped eating out. I mean, you go right now, and if you stop at McDonald's or Wendy's or you stop at these fast food places, you know, it's $10 now or more mm -hmm. to get a meal. And so we just really making it. My wife will go buy sweet. Like today, we went and bought sweet potatoes, and she made a sweet potato soup. Nice. That's amazing super healthy and so for lunch we had a i had a cup of sweet potato soup and we had a smoothie nice. not not expensive at all organic it was dairy free gluten free sugar free and i got all my nutrients and you know and then i drank my water yeah. and i'm not craving 
And so, you know, there's just really simple things that you can do to improve the quality of food and then read those labels mm -hmm. on your uh, processed foods and you'll just go, oh, this isn't worth it. So true. I agree. And half of the stuff on those labels now, I can't even pronounce. I don't know what it is. <laughs> and so I'm like, that means I shouldn't be eating it. <laughs> uh, it's so yeah. true. You know, another, let me share one other thing that I've noticed in our clients. One of the things, because of the way the food is designed now, is we overeat. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, you look at how much food that we consume, and we really don't understand the calories that we're consuming. But, you know, when you start eating healthy, and you, you know, you, you know, we buy broccoli, and we buy cow flour, and we chop it up, and we put it on a roasting pan and then we take and put the avocado oil over it and then we stick it in the oven at 425 degrees and we cook it for 30 minutes and take it out and that when we fill the whole pan that's for us like two to four meals that we can use that for so you you have that one meal prep but then you can just warm it up and eat it over you know three or four meals and you're you know you eat that first you know it's and you know we eat between four and six ounces of meat a day and so if we buy up some kind of a meat you know usually we get two or three meals out of that and so we've noticed that by eating organic and buying these healthy things you know at the store we're not eating as much mm -hmm. but we're getting better nutrition so like you, you're a woman, you sh you're probably around 1800 calories a day. I'm a man at my size, everything. I'm about 2200 calories a day. It's not about, it's really about the quality of the calories. Remember I told you those mm -hmm. women were drinking 2500 calories a day before they even had any food at all. Mm -hmm. So the thing is, is those 1800 ca calories that you eat, you know, if you did the vegetables, the roasted vegetables, you, you know, you did a you know, a, a fish that's not super expensive, but tasty. I mean, you can figure out a budget and you can eat healthy. It may not be as much as you're used to eating, but you'll be way healthier. Yeah. And, you know, David, one thing that I did learn when I started eating better is that, you know, you're eating quality foods when you're not hungry as much. Yes. And like you said, you just said it, you're not having those cravings. That's how you know your body's getting what it needs, I think. Oh, and I agree. And, it, and if you are hungry, you know how to kill the hunger? Water. Yeah, drink a glass of water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, water. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. And so um, you mentioned meal prep. I found that to be very important too. And I think also, David, that's a key to saving as well. And it's like, if it kind of trains you to eat better because you're not just grabbing anything. You yes. can just go in the fridge and say, hey, I have this meal ready. So do you want to talk more about that? Yeah, so what we did is we snack-proofed our home. Oh, <laughs> yeah. All right, so we don't buy all those snacks. So we look at the labels. We're looking to see, does it have the healthy oils? Does it have, you know, what's the, is it, you know, we do the cassava flour, right? You know, almond flour is good, you know? And so like one of the things that we learned in meal prep, so my wife and I put on 
and wore these uh, sensors that you put on that will measure your glucose. So we did two months where we wore a, a sensor and then we, my wife would make her recipes and then we'd eat the food and then on the app, look at what our, but how our blood spike was, right? So one meal that we like is we'll have a uh, bacon and we'll do uh, pancakes that are made with cassava flour and almond flour and then maple syrup, right? Well, if you just eat the bacon, the pancakes and the syrup, I would go, I would sit around 90 and I would spike within a short 20 minutes, I'd be at 175, which is a really bad spike. Well, I never knew that until we started you know, doing that. Well, we found out if I would eat a half avocado first, then eat the bacon, the pancakes and the syrup, no spike at all. Because the avocado, that healthy oil, what it does in the stomach that that will stop that uh, glucose spike. And so we've done a lot of research like that. And so when we do meal prep, so like this week, we made some fish and that fish that we made, we've got some rock fish, uh, not super expensive. My wife does a little hollandaise sauce on it. Uh, my wife likes to cook. And so uh, last night we had that fish and then tonight she'll take the, the leftover fish and she'll make tacos. Mm -hmm. like fish tacos, right? Mm -hmm. And then we had the uh, cauliflower roasted last night and we had a uh, another soup that she made, a broccoli soup. We have an Instapot. If, I don't know if you're familiar mm -hmm. with those. And she just yes. puts everything in the Instapot, let it cook. And then she just takes what's left over and puts it in mason jars, puts it in the refrigerator. And then those will be three, four, five meals for us. Mm -hmm. And so every time she cooks, she always does enough that it will last us you know, three, four meals. And, and the prep's nice because what will happen is, is a lot of us will either get the craving and we'll go through all our drawers and the refrigerator and the pantry <laughs> and we're looking for something to eat. Mm -hmm. If you snack proof your house and you don't have the stuff there and you just have healthy stuff to eat, right? And or drink water or do whatever you do. You have a tendency with meal prepping that you don't go, I'm too tired to cook. So let's go out to fast food. Right. And then you go out to fast food and you're just it's just not good what you're putting into your body when you do that. And plus that that food is designed to have tons of cravings That's like right. you can never eat enough fries. You can never need enough hamburgers. You can never. I mean, it's just the way that that's designed. Mm hmm. Right. Whereas, mm -hmm. like you said a little while ago, you said, well, isn't it interesting how healthy food doesn't cause cravings? Yes. Absolutely. Thank you for walking us through that because all of those components are so critical to healthy eating and just knowing simple things that you can put into place to start that process. And, you know, once you get into the rhythm of it, a week has gone by, you're like, okay, I can do this. A month has gone by and you just start to forget about all those other horrible yep. things that you've been eating. And the awesome thing is that people the consequence is awesome in this case because your body will right size. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by right size is, you know, like me, I was running around 210, right at six foot tall. And now I'm 
this lifestyle that I have that's so easy now because you heard my why and I didn't mean to get emotional, but my body sits now at 177 pounds. And so I'm, and I'm super healthy and I don't have all this chronic pain anymore. That's so important. Quality of life. That's what it's about. I tell you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, David, thank you so much for all the wonderful information you've shared with us. Very helpful. If people want to connect with you and learn more about your book and um, Eating to Live, where can they find you again? I just want to make sure they know. (laughs) So if they'll go to eatingtolive.com, they can actually get uh, and download our book for free. Mm -hmm. And the book is Eating to Live, Unlocking the Leaky Gut Code how to achieve optimal health. And we're just moving our company to more than healthy.com. And so either one of those websites they put in, they can get to our social media, they can get to the free book and they can learn more about how to get into our membership program to uh, really take control of their life. And I wanna share one last thing that's so critical. The one thing I was impressed when my wife was going to school, and I have always believed this, is that there is not a one-size-fits-all pill. There's not a one-size-fits-all food plan. There's not a one-size, because we're all so genetically different, mm-hmm. right? You know, like my wife, she can eat salmon every day and it won't bug her. But me, I can eat spinach three times a day, but she has a food sensitivity to spinach. Oh, yes. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And we, you know, we've been married all these years and we've been eating together all these years, but we had no idea that, you know, that concept. And so her school pushes over and over and over. Each person is different, has different needs, different uh, cause and effect. And that's why everybody needs to become a scientist, their body lab experiment and figure out what works for them personally. I love that. And that is so important, David. And, you know, it's something that we're not taught enough. We're not taught to learn about our bodies and how they work specifically for us, um, because it is, we're all different. And a lot of times we get these diets and things like that, and they're just not right for everybody. Right. So thank you for, that's so important. Thank you for pointing that out. Thank you. And thank you for having me on your show. Absolutely. This has been an amazing experience. Absolutely. I feel the same way. And I just love to bring people on like you and even your wife, even though she's not here with us, that are doing this kind of work because you're really transforming health and you are helping people to improve their quality of life. And that's the key. That's the key to life and being truly happy. Um, I believe that it's hard to be happy when you're sick all the time and you have to be on all these medications, you're not functioning properly. And this is a way, you know, what you do to help people turn that around. Thank you. Thank you so much, David. And I want to give a shout out to the audience. Thank you so much for joining us today. That is it for this Wednesday. And until next time, let's keep navigating cancer together. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Navigating Cancer Together. I hope you enjoyed it. 
please be sure to subscribe. And if you appreciate the show, drop a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. For notes from the show, visit ontheotherside.life and check out the podcast section. After you check out the show notes, head over to my gift shop and show yourself or someone special in your life some love with gifts of encouragement, hope, and positive affirmations. I would love it if you joined us for the next episode. Talk to you soon. Thank you.